5 o'clock this morning, and I hit that snooze, and I was like, oh, and those covers comfy, and all of a sudden, I hear my phone at 5.15, and I look, and I'm like, a text at 5.15 is never good news, and uh, David said, I'm very sick, you're up, and I went, great, <laughs> um, but God is good because, um, actually, Jamie Brewer is was already scheduled to speak with the kids this morning, so I so I didn't have to try to cover that area. So that was awesome. That worked out great. But I got up this morning with absolutely nothing prepared. That is not a disclaimer. It's just the truth. Um, so I got in the shower this morning. I was like, okay, God, I need a word, and I need it fast. Um, I really need it. And um, as always happens, usually with me, when the Lord starts to give me something, he always brings to mind some kind of crazy story from my life um, that kind of illustrates it, usually from my childhood. Um, and so as I, was, as I was praying and thinking in the shower and kind of what am I going to talk about today with this birthing theme, and, um, and I began to kind of think, um, do we, even as Christians, if we've grown up in the church and we've heard the story of Christmas all of our lives, and we know Jesus was born, and we know it's really about his birthday and not about the gifts under the tree or you know, how much money we spend or any of that stuff, do we still really get it? Do we really get the gift that comes at Christmas? And do we sometimes, do we ever miss it? Do we kind of just slightly forget about that gift? And or do we know that it's really for us? And so I was thinking, of course, that brought to mind a story from when I was a kid. And I have a younger brother. He's only about 14 months younger than I am. And, um, and so we were very close, always growing up. And as we got a little bit older, um, and I, got, I wasn't so much into really girly things, we tended to ask for some of the same types of things. And one year, I was in fifth grade, and he was in fourth grade. And we both asked for the newest bike. And at that time, it was the Huffy mountain bike, and it had these big, huge, chunky wheels on it, and you could drive it through the woods, and we wanted, because we had woods behind our house, we wanted these bikes. I mean, we were on fire for these bikes. We told our mom and dad every day. We cut out pictures from the magazines, everything. Please, we want these bikes. And so Christmas break came, and my dad worked nights. He worked the midnight shift, so he was home during the day, but he was usually asleep for at least part of the morning, and my mom was at work. And so my brother and I decided that, you know, there was this locked closet um, on the other side of my parents' bedroom, and I, we were just sure that's where they hid the Christmas presents. And so we decided we'd go look, you know. And I told the first service, if there's any kids in here, I do not condone this behavior at all. But my brother and I decided we could pick the lock. So we got a bobby pin, and we straightened it out, and we picked the lock. And sure enough, we opened the closet, and there are two bikes, the huffy mountain bikes with the big wheels. We were, I mean, we were about to go insane. We were so excited. And so there were two of them, and one was white with Red, I mean, with red and blue stripes and stars, it was the Evil Knievel bike. If any of you are around my age, you remember Evil Knievel. So one was the Evil Knievel version of this Huffy bike, and the other one was just like it, except it was black with chrome, and it was really shiny. And so, of course, what ensued was the argument about whose was whose. And no, that one's, the, the white one's mine, no, it's not. And so I, being the older, bossier sister, said, I know that the white one is mine. 
And, and so my brother, like he usually did, went, okay, you're right, you're right. The white one's yours and the black one chrome. It looks more like a guy. It's mine. So Christmas morning comes. Now we, and we keep the secret. We're like every day, it's like just a little bit longer. We get to ride those bikes. So the day comes, Christmas morning comes. We come down the stairs. We go to the tree and there's all these presents. And we start ripping open presents. And the whole time we're opening presents, we're eyeing each other like, where are the bikes? Like, there is no bikes in this room. Where are the bikes? So we've opened all the presents, everything. We're still kind of like, okay, what is the deal? And my mom says, hey, you know, let's have some more hot chocolate. Let's have some more coffee. Why don't you guys go in the kitchen, pick up the tray, and bring it in? So we go in the kitchen, and there are the bikes. They were hiding in the kitchen. So we get in there, and we're going crazy. We're jumping up and down, and we look at the bikes. And on the bikes, tied to the handlebars, are these huge tags, two Scott, two Penny. Well, the evil Knievel one said, to Scott. And the black chrome one said, to Penny. And my brother proceeds to stomp his foot and say, See, I told you the evil Knievel one was mine. <laughs> I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? And, of course, my parents were like, How, you know, that whole story. So I wonder at Christmas, what I was wondering this morning and as I was, try, as I was getting ready and I was asking the Lord, do we, even as Christians, we know what Christmas is about, but do we really sometimes miss it? What the gift really is and what it really means and that it's for us. It has our name on it. It has our name on it. I'm going to um, read a little bit of scripture. We're going to kind of look at some different people and did they get it. I'm going to pick up um, where after our Advent reading was in um, 2, 1 through 7. I'm going to pick up in Luke 2 um, at verse 8. And I'm going to read some of this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven and the shepherds, said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, For all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now we've been we've been kind of if you've been coming the last few weeks, you know that we've we talked about waiting on Jesus and we talked about accepting um, his promise. We talked about Mary and Zechariah and 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 really accepting those promises. And then last week Eric talked about journeying and kind of finding Jesus. And here now he is born. He has been born. And the shepherds, they get a clear sign. The angels come and they say, hey, don't be afraid. We bring you good news of great joy. 
And then they tell them, this is what the sign's going to be. This is how you're going to know it's him. You just go to Bethlehem. The shepherds knew where Bethlehem were. They weren't that far out of town. Go there, and you're going to find this baby lying in a manger. He'll be wrapped in cloths. And so for the shepherds, it seems to me, wow, that's easy. I get that. I could get that. If an angel comes to me, I would be afraid, just like they were, and says, don't be afraid, but this is how you're going to know. That seems really easy. So I think they got it, and they did, because they went out and told everybody, hey, guess what? Our Savior, the one we've been waiting for for so long, he's finally here. Well, what's interesting to me is in this part, at verse 19, but Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, Mary, she knew who he was. She had, she had had the visit from the angel who said, you're going to have a baby. He is God's son, and you're going to name him Jesus. And you remember she said, how's this going to happen? I'm not married. I'm a virgin. And, and because the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to give him. So she really knows who he is, but then when she's seeing how other people are responding, she's almost pondering like, and you almost wonder if she's thinking, is it really real? Is it really real? So as Christians, sometimes are we looking at Jesus' birth and go, and, and just ever so slightly thinking, is it really for me? Really for me? That he was born for me. Let's look at another one. Right after that, um, it goes into Jesus being presented at the temple. And this is about 40 days later, and there's, you know, uh, the, the babies had to be, in the Jewish tradition, they had to be circumcised, I think, at eight days. And then at about 40 days, they would take them, the firstborn son had to be taken to the temple to basically be blessed um, and be consecrated to the Lord. And so Mary and Joseph, they are good Jewish parents. They take Jesus, and they go to the temple. And we're going to pick up in um, 2, verse 25. And this is where they're at the temple. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Now, here's Simeon, and it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And so Simeon, had been, he knew from the Lord, hey, you're not going to let me leave this earth till I see this Messiah that's been promised. And as soon as Mary and Joseph bring him in and put him in Simeon's arms, he knows. This is no ordinary baby. This is him. This is the Messiah. The shepherds got the, got the angels, and they were told, "This is the sign. Go to Bethlehem, find this baby wrapped in cloth. You're going to know. You're going to know it's him." And then here's Simeon, 
who's been waiting all this time. And as soon as he holds him, he knows. No question. But again, somebody, two people who knew who he was. His father and mother, Joseph and Mary. Mary, again, visited by an angel. She knows the baby that she's carrying is of the Lord. It is God's son. Joseph, visited by an angel and says, Mary's going to have this baby. You're going to name him Jesus. He is God's son. And yet, when they see how Simeon reacts, it says in verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Did they ever so slightly go, really? Really? This baby, this tiny baby, that we're going to have to nurture every day of his life until he can take care of himself, he's born as the Messiah? Even they may have had just a slight question. A little further down, it tells us about a prophetess named Anna. She was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. I'm in verse 36. She was very old, and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She didn't even have to hold him. She just knew. When he came close, she knew it was him. Didn't matter that he was a baby. She knew. She had spent so much time worshiping the Lord and seeking the Lord that as soon as he was brought into her presence, she knew it was him. No question. So how do we, if we've been in church at all, we've been in church most of our life or at all, or we've been in church once or twice and we've heard the Christmas story, how do we get that this gift, this Jesus that was born, was born for us? And we don't just ever so slightly think, "Mm, yeah, I get it. We're supposed to worship him. It's supposed to be about him and not all the gifts. But do we ever so slightly miss that it's a gift with our name on it? I'm going to turn over to John. This is in John 3. And this is after Jesus has grown and his, his ministry is about to begin, really just beginning. And this guy named Nicodemus comes to him. And he's a Pharisee. And, um, and I want you to, I'm going to read this a big chunk here of what this, this interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus. And then we're going to see how it relates to us for Christmas. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is not old? Nicodemus asked. When he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, 
I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do not understand these things. I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. The bottom line is this. Jesus was born to die. And again, if we're Christians or we've been in church at all, we get that. But I think, and maybe this was a word for me, maybe it was a convicting word for me, I think we, as Christians, we always, we think about, yes, Jesus died for me. He died for my sins, he took the punishment, and we're in awe of that. And it brings us to our knees, it brings us to tears if we really think about that. And I think at this time of year when we're thinking about, and, and maybe in almost a um, righteous sort of way sometimes we go, we know what Christmas is about. We know it's not about the gifts. I know it's not about how much money I spent on my children this Christmas. But do I ever really stop and, and truly grasp the gift that he was born to die. And that, he tells us, we must be born again. You know, with Nicodemus, he says this part, I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still, people, you people do not accept our testimony. And I wonder for us, even when we're telling other people, our children, our friends, relatives, whoever, we're saying Merry Christmas in Target instead of Happy Holidays, when we are saying, this is what Christmas is really about, we know it, but are we really grabbing it? Are we really believing it? Are we like Mary who had to wait? She was waiting on things to happen. All these people have been waiting for a Messiah. The thing is, we don't have to wait anymore. There's no waiting for us. 
There's no waiting for your brother. There's no waiting for your neighbor. We don't have to wait. God says, you must be born again. When he was born, that's why. So we could be born. He was born to die, and we're born again so we can die to ourselves. We have to die to ourselves to be born again in Jesus. And the thing, too, that I love about this part, the part about the wind blows wherever it pleases, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And even if you're a Christian, and you've been a Christian a long time, and you're like, well, I was born, I get that. The thing that's so amazing is God can birth something new in us today. Something new in our heart. Something in our heart that needs to die today so he can birth something new. If you've been here the last few weeks, if you were here a few weeks ago, you may have filled out a little gift card where you wrote, this is what I want from God this Christmas. And the kids, the way I did it with the kids is, they wrote a letter, like a lot of them would write a letter to Santa, but they wrote a letter to God and they said, this is what I want from God this Christmas. And I've taken those letters and I'm reading them and I'm giving them back a tag with a promise from God's word. Because the thing about it is, guys, it doesn't matter what you wrote on that tag, it's always yes in Jesus. Always. You might have to die to something so he can birth that new thing in you. If, you prayed, if you're praying for peace, you want peace from God that you don't know how you're going to get any other way. His word says, yes, I am the prince of peace. I will give you that today. If you're asking to trust him more, he says, yes, I will show you how to do that. If you're asking to let go of worry, if you're asking to let go of an addiction, if you're whatever it is, it's always yes in Jesus. Jesus was telling Nicodemus what he wants all of us to know. He wants us to know that he was born to die for us. And we can be born again, even today. And I was thinking, like, what, what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? I think this, the, when, he's taught, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he said, you know, the light, he's talking capital L, he is the light. And the light shines in the darkness. And think about um, when Mary saw the angel. She was afraid. And what did the angel say to her? Do not be afraid. When the angel came to Joseph in a dream, the angel said, Do not be afraid. When the angel came to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. There's no reason to be afraid. We may not sometimes want the light to shine in those dark places in our heart, but the thing about it is, once the light shines there, and once it, God, Jesus takes it and it dies, there's all light. There's no more darkness to be afraid of. What are we waiting on? For us today, I think, 
All God wanted to say was this. It was short and it was sweet. Is if you're still waiting for something to say yes to Jesus, you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior. Today is the day. Today is the day. Jesus was born to die for you. And all you have to do is say, I want to be born too. That's it. It's that simple. If you have known Jesus a long time, since last week or 10 years or however long, and you just say, Lord, there's this thing that I want from you. Ask him today. Say, I want to die to that. I want that part of my heart that's hanging on to that to die so you can birth something new in me today. We're going to have some ministry time. I'm going to read one last scripture to close, and we're going to have some ministry time. And I would encourage you today to let someone pray for, with you. If you say, okay, I don't know what I'm waiting on. I promise you, anything that you're hanging on to that hasn't had light on it yet is not worth it. It's not. Let one of our ministry teams pray with you. Let that be your Christmas present. If you're a Christian, if you have know the Lord and you have something in your heart today, let our ministry teams pray with you. That that little thing, whatever it is, can die off so that God can birth something new in your heart today. I'm going to read this scripture from Isaiah. And really, I want you to listen to what Isaiah said about our Savior before he was even born. And this is who he is today. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. For that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just wonder if we miss it sometimes. Even as Christians, we know, we know that we know that we know that this season is about you. But do we truly grasp that your birth was a gift to us personally? That there was a gift tag with our name on it? Lord, I pray, Lord, I just beg you, Lord, for anyone in here who doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, I pray you will speak to their heart right now. Lord, that you will speak to them like you did Nicodemus and say, you must be born again.
Lord, you are the light that shines in all the dark places of our hearts and of our lives. Lord, and that seems scary. The darkness hides the things we want to hide. But Lord, your light, when it shines in those dark places, Lord, and it cleans it up, Lord, and it and you help us to die to those things, Lord. You give us something that's so much more wonderful than what we were trying to hide. Lord, light up our hearts today. Lord, I pray for anyone in here who is just hanging on to any little thing, Lord, and just they haven't died to that yet. Lord, I pray for them, Lord, that they will they will just ask you, either with a ministry team or in their seat, Lord, they will just say, I want to die. I don't, I want, I don't want it anymore. Lord, make it die. And Lord, you will give birth, birth new things in our hearts today. Lord, I pray that we will all know who you are and that your birth was for us, truly for us. Lord, we just love you so much. In your son's name, amen.